When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast, the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm Rashan. You can call me Shan. I'm Livs. This week, we're talking about what men and women say versus what they really think. So this week on the podcast, we're delving into communication and this idea that usually as human beings, we're not always as straightforward talking as we like to think we are. Um, And sometimes it comes down to your gender. So often we will say something and whether you're a man or a woman, you might be more likely to understand what that person thinks. Now, of course, this isn't true of all people and this is just based on our own personal experiences, but we're going to have a bit of fun here because... I think there is something about the way women talk to other women and men talk to other men. For example, imagine we are out in a restaurant and I say, Rashan, are you going to the toilet? Sorry. (laughs) Are you going to the toilet? Yeah. Role play, yeah. Yeah, I am. See, I don't actually care about you going to the toilet. I don't care that you need to empty your bladder. I need to talk to you. (laughs) You you just want me to follow you to the toilet. I'm like, Rashan, are you going to the toilet? And I look deep into your eyes. (laughs) But when would that happen? In a restaurant? I just, I'm just making up a scenario. Okay, cool. So. I'm just saying. I'm taking it too literal. <laughs> <laughs> that is an example of where I've said something, but I haven't said what I actually mean. But you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. So, do you guys have any examples when you've said something that you haven't actually meant? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. I- <laughs> <laughs> what did we start? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is like, yeah, I'm fine. That's like that oh <laughs> That's me, but that, and it's so dumb because actually I think it's quite toxic. So I think it's quite a toxic trait to have, but I definitely do that all the time. But I'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. Are you more like I mean like in a relationship? Say, though. I don't mean like yeah. Are you more friends. likely to say I'm fine to a man than another woman? Yeah, I'm not gonna say. It, yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'll, yeah. To a guy, I'll probably say I'm fine, and then to a to a girl, I'll just be like, I don't know, I don't have this conversation. But I actually mean that. Like, I don't have it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? What about you? Um, I think it depends on who I'm talking to. I'm not sure how much it it is affected by gender rather than if I'm really close to someone. Because if I see a girl that I know that we're friends, but not like super close in the street and I'm having a really bad day, she asks me how yeah, I'm doing. Fine. Your voice yeah, gets really yeah, high. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Always accompanied by the high-pitched voice, right? Whereas, oh, like that. Or if I'm talking to my man, for instance, and I'm actually vexed with him, <laughs> and he was like oh are you okay babes and I'm like yeah I'm cool you know what I mean which yeah. is different it's, it's they're both no, no, I'm, I'm like that Cause, yeah cause, yeah. if I'm not close to you and you're asking me how I am and I'm like seconds from crying I'm not going to be like actually this is what's going on in my life right now <laughs> I start breaking down and having a mare 
no, yeah, I think I'm quite like that. I don't know. I think there is a certain level of gender dynamics that does come into play um, for this. So I think it's not just about who we're talking to, but I think also as women, we're, and especially as black women, there is this kind of, whether it's self-imposed or like because of the patriarchy, we feel like we're obligated to always be okay mm, because so many people depend on us or we don't want to be seen as angry black woman mm. or we feel there's, if we're taking it to the context of like, let's say you're on a date and a guy wants to take you home and you're kind of, you like him, but you're not really sure what you want to do. Mm. That whole thing of no and then yes comes from a place of not wanting to disappoint or coercion or, you know what I mean? There's that pressure right. to always... And even the first time you say no you're less likely to be like straightforward and be like, no, actually, like, I'm not interested. I want to go home. You might be like, no, it's really late. Like, I'm quite tired. Like, I got work tomorrow. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, all these excuses rather than <laughs> be like, no, trained. with your chest. Like, Exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, want to, you don't want to be seen as like that person. Yeah, like a bitch. <laughs> Which I, I normally just men get someone to call me. If I'm, if I'm in that scenario, if I go on a date with a guy and like, and it only normally happens if it's not a guy that I've, So like, when I go on dates with guys, I always try to have spoken of like been in a position where I've been talking to them for a while beforehand because mm. I don't I don't have to waste my time unless I just want free food and it's a bit different <laughs> but like if I'm going on a date with a guy that I haven't got that rapport with I'll always say to one of my friends this is my location one mm. and also call me if I if I send you my date of birth you need to call oh me oh my and gosh tell me. yes I think I use like the word lemonade or something yeah, like, if got, I text you lemonade that means call me it means and call me like now and, le- and, le- and let me know what it is I, d- I even tell my mum sometimes my, my mum's the best on my date she's in character <laughs> Shut her. Shut her. we have to go to the hospital yeah she's she said some random stuff but it's not even like life or death but it's like you seem to come home like yeah mine is a that. purple heart so my housemates and i have a plan because i've been going out on a lot of like blind dates recently yeah so it's been like name number i tell you where i'm going and if i send mm. you a purple heart you have to call me and get me out to the situation asap yeah it's That's mad so what we have to do though isn't it it is but like like you said, it comes down a lot to patriarchy and just the way we're, tre- we're told to act as women. But sometimes it does happen like women to women. And you especially mentioned being a black woman. So like, I feel like, say if I see Rashad at work, sometimes it's just a look. Mm. And it's like, I know you're having a shit day. Whereas like, maybe with someone you don't know, you'd be like, yeah, I'm cool. And they won't read it. They won't get it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think, think that, hard, that sometimes though, it? it's something about black women. Like, I can tell you're having a shit time. There's also an understanding of like, how you are, like... That I'll never forget this day actually when I was at work and I was in a really bad mood and I was like, Do you live? I seemed to zone out for half an hour. I just put my headphones on and zoned out. But I knew I could say that to you. Mm-hmm. And I knew that you would get it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But in other scenarios, someone someone might have looked at me and known that I'm not okay, mm. which has always happened, and been like, Are you okay? And I'd have to have been done the whole like I'm fine. Mm. And then, like you said, it goes back to not wanting to be the angry black woman yeah, and react out of emotion. So it's funny. I had an instance at work the other day where I was just like, similar to what you're saying, I was like, I just cannot be here right now. And my boss is a white man. And a lot of the things... Yeah, what's bold? <laughs> what's bold? Speak to me. I can help you. <laughs> no, that's exactly what it was. So I went home and I left a message with my admin who then told my boss that I couldn't... You know, Your I admin? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> just sorry. Yeah, yeah but... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, doctor over here. She's a doctor, guys. Doctor. <laughs> my admin is shared by many other people for the yes, record. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, called admin or PA. Like, trying to calm yourself, baby. It's okay. Like, you bout this life. It's okay. <laughs> so I told my boss 
boss that I had, or she told my boss that I had to leave and I wasn't doing well. And a lot of the things that I was going through or feeling were very like feminine in nature. And I think culturally, as black people, we never want to express issues surrounding like poor mental health mm, or well being. Like yeah, to mm. a white person, especially, especially a, a white man, especially mm. a white man at your job who's responsible for, you know, your hire or fire or whatever. Mm. And he called me and he was exactly like what you guys just said. He was like, Leanne, you know, I'm so surprised. You always seem like such a confident person and I never a would have expected... Woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does my confidence have to do with me feeling like this on this one day? Yeah. And it's like that thing where, the, yes, because I present myself as being confident, that's one thing, but does that mean that I'm made of stone or that I'm not able to... Meanwhile... There's like at least five other white women that have gone off leave for at least a month. <laughs> and I'm like, but they're being coddled and treated as if, you know, Love. they're, yeah. While I'm like one day off and people are shocked and they're like, where's Leanne? Where's Leanne? What's happening? So but I, it comes down to that, that whole like stra- strong black woman stereotype mm-hmm. because I feel like if that, at the point where you decided to leave and go home, there's probably an hour before that you could have gone home or a day before that you could have gone home, a week before that you could have gone home, but you've always come and just rid it, rid it out. And I think sometimes we go to workplaces or whatever situation and we're riding it out, riding out this pain or this stress that we're, go, that we're dealing with. And then we just end up just riding it out and not ever taking that time off. So that when we do take the time off, it's like a massive shock. Because mm. even like when I was ill the other day, I was coming to work and I literally was at work calling 111, asking them for advice because that's how ill I was. But, but I, was like, I didn't, still went I didn't want to go home. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to be at work. It was like, I'm not, I will never take time off work unless I'm genuinely ill. But in the same breath, though, I think it is important that we do recognise when our body or mental health needs that time off. Because mm. like in my job now, and like within a week, I told both my managers that I had like, like, what I need support in when it comes to my mental health. And there's only been, I think, like, one or two days where I've had to be, like, I just can't come to work today. Mm. And they just got it and there's been no questions. There's been no when I'm coming back, having a meeting. Are you okay now? It's Mm-mm. just been cool, like, because I had, I kind of had that, like, conversation at the start. They were able to understand how to, like, manage me as a co-worker, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. 100%. And in terms of, like, reading the situation, so, like, there's this woman at work I know, and I don't want to say her being white is the main reason, I think it's her personality thirst, but her being white, I think, is relevant. She's the kind of person, like, say you pass someone in a corridor, and you can, you can just tell when someone's in a rush, like, got my phone in my hand, yeah. like, I'm kind of walking with the pace, and it's like, oh, hi, Olivia, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, how are you? She'll be like, well... <laughs> then I'm like, really? Like, really? This is supposed to be a two-minute conversation, like, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, how are you? Yeah, great, 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 okay, cool. And she'll be like, yeah, like... You know, my house smells. Like, I'll be sat in the corridor for like three minutes, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting for like a moment where I, this conversation could end. But she's not. She's not reading the signals, and she's not investing in you. Like, is she asking yeah. about you at the same time? Yeah. Like, she's not said, do, "Is this okay?" Like, do you have a moment, or are you in a rush? She's just gone like, like straight into the conversation. Like, some people are like that. How do you manage that though? Did you just kind of? <laughs> Sometimes I pretend I'm a cool. I'm like, sorry, I'm really sorry. Like, I have to go. Like, <laughs> what you said to have cool. Meanwhile, they can see that the phone, <laughs> the phone is, is not like even black, lighting up. <laughs> but yeah, some people are quite happy to talk about themselves all the time. So that's the other side that is like difficult to handle sometimes. I mean, do you ever feel like you can't say something to somebody? And this is a very, I don't know if this is a stereotypical thing, but it happens to me all the time. People send me pictures of their babies because I have lots of friends that are having kids now. Or they'll send me pictures of themselves and they'll be like, oh, what do you think? And I'll be like... What, of my face? <laughs> of your face or of how cute my baby is. 
<laughs> do you want an honest answer? And I think so all babies are ugly. Text. So yeah. all babies are clapped. But when you say that Anyone to someone, a newborn, your baby is clapped. <laughs> when they first are, come out, they all look the they same. They all are ugly. And most of the time, do you know what I hate? Sorry, quick rant. He looks like his mum. People are so fake. <laughs> like his dad yes his nose he's got a normal nose every black person has he looks like his mum with his eyes it's the top they part of his like face a marshmallow. they don't look like anything I'm it's tired like two of hours it. old no it's so like, annoying oh yeah it looks like his dad no stop you're lying it's but hard I think, when it's through text because mm. it's like the tone can be read so wrong and I think but I think the, the, my friend sending me a photo of themselves that's normally in the capacity where it's like like Instagram yeah or like a LinkedIn photo so with that I don't mind do you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, oh, yeah. Shan, what photo should I use for LinkedIn? Okay, this one yeah, or that yeah. one? I'm like, oh, that one on the coffee cup looks cute. Use that one. Mm. Or Shan, I've got like, one of my friends always does it. She sends me like 15 photos. And I'll be like, you narrow it down to five. Yeah, like, she'll send me like, you know you take loads of photos before you're going out. She'll just send me all of them right, and be like, can okay. you choose? Which one should I upload? Yeah, like that sort of thing. And I'll be yeah, like, oh, we need a multi-upload for this one. This one first, <laughs> that one second, that one third. <laughs> but not all my friends do that. And if they did, I think it would be pretty exhausting. But I don't mind like that sort of stuff. Yeah. So you'll be honest. Yeah, because what if I, why are you coming to me for me to lie? <laughs> you might as well do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, I think sometimes though, especially amongst girls, you can tell when it's like, I sent you this picture to gas me up. Yeah, you know, yeah, like they'll true. send you oh, a I'm picture. I'm not going to gas you up. <laughs> no. Uh, what am I put on this earth to just... What am I, what I understand? So if your best friend sent you a picture and they're like, should I upload this? You're not going, you, yes, honey, fire emoji, fire emoji. Yeah, because that, but that's me That's me authentically gassing her up because that's how I think the photo So is. if you didn't like the picture, you'd be like, no, you bring her down to earth. I'm not bringing her down to earth, I'm being honest. If I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. She's going to go onto her insights and be like, this message has been sent on 15 times and she's got one like. If someone sends me a it's photo... It's so true, though. It's if so someone sends true. me a photo and it's not... My friend, the, the same girl who sent me the 15 photos, I said, babes, one to five <laughs> is exceptional. You could choose any, but actually, mm. let's do multi-upload because you're that peng. Mm. Five to ten, or whatever the rest of the numbers were, they weren't cutting it. <laughs> I'm just one person, though. I'm just one like, like so ultimately, director. it's down to you. And in the end, I think she did multi-upload and only used two of the three that I did. I did one of the ones that I thought was dead. But mm. it's about how you... It's about how you view yourself. I'm not mm. the representation of everybody. I'm just one person. But if you've come to me with your photos, you must value my opinion to some level. Yeah. So therefore, I want to give you my opinion. If you decide to take it and do something with it or not, that's on you. Yeah. I've done my part as a friend. Yeah. So this is the problem with, like, as you said, like, or as we've said, saying what you don't mean. So if I sent a picture of you and what I'm saying is, what's your opinion? But mm. what I really want is you to gas me up and then you don't gas me up and That's I get hurt. That's a problem, hurt. isn't it? Yeah. But but I, can't I, that I don't think I've been in that situation that before. Happens. And if any of my friends are listening, you do that, stop sending me the photos. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I can't tell it. you to gas me up because that defeats the purpose of yeah. you gassing me up, you know what I mean? But I do see it all the time. Sometimes I see people upload pictures and I'm like, well, who are these people's friends? Like, why did somebody not tell her that this is not, <laughs> not a good picture. idea? No, no, not Because I have friends who I'll post something and they'll be like, Leanne, you need to take that down ASAP. Mass. Yeah, they'll be like, this is not a good look for you. I think if I uploaded it, take him down. Oh, it's a lot of pride. What no, do you mean? Because like, it's up now. Yeah, but take it down now. What do you mean? Yeah, but the, no, no, but imagine you upload a picture, yeah? People start liking it. You take it down. You upload it again with a different filter like two days later. That's but, fine. No, that would hurt my pride. No, no. <laughs> that would hurt my no, pride. Cheaper than you keeping it up and only like, five people like you picture and, and everyone, then you're like... And everyone just coming and slating you. No, no, no. To be mm. fair, now people can't see your likes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't be in no group chat though. I'm sorry. If my friends can be honest with me to avoid me, be, avoid me being in any group chats, getting laughed at, please just do that. Yeah. I don't mind taking photos down. 
But how does it work when it's like you man? So suppose that is the same scenario and you're in a relationship and you know, you send your oh man a picture God, and you're this like this happened to me today. <laughs> what happened? I was like Spill the Have I put on weight? And he's like, Yeah. Oh No, that's that's good though. <laughs> I was angry for like five minutes. No, no, and no, I was like, like, No, no. No, that's, no that's not the answer I wanted. <laughs> no, that's definitely a good thing. No, it is a good thing, but it's how he phrased it. Let me tell you the flip side. With my ex, I said how I put on weight and I really thought I'd put on weight and he said no mm. because I trust this guy to be like to be to empower me Safe and be the space. best person I'm thinking if he said I haven't put on weight and he's seen me in all sorts of garments mm. I haven't put on weight do you know what I did I continued eating <laughs> <laughs> and then when it got to a point where it was like shit my granddad's telling me I've put on weight my mum's telling me I've put on weight it's too late because I've genuinely like gone a size up and put on weight Listen, shout out your man for being honest. <laughs> no, no, but what I wanted, no, but no, I no. didn't say it, what I wanted is him to be like, give the answer, like, yeah, you have put on weight, but you still look great. You know what I mean? The second half makes all the difference. He's still with you, so you look great. But I want to hear it. You need the second half, it's fine. Shy, you'd be really... <laughs> 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 what would you rather, that or my scenario? <laughs> no, That's here's my thought. scenario. So I remember when I went home for two years, uh, somewhere around 2014, and I was dating this guy, and I was taking care of my parents at the time. So I was eating all the time, like stress eating. And I think I put on like 15 to 20 pounds. So I'd put it, I knew uh-huh. I had put it mm. on. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's crazy. I'll show you pictures one day of what I used to look she like. She said one day. day is not coming. <laughs> and he sat me down and we we're just talking, like chit chatting. I think we were playing video games at the time. And he was like, you know, babes. Um, oh, so gosh. you've been, you've been eating a little bit late at night. <laughs> She said, you've been eating a little bit late at night. And I'm like, but is you cooking me the Korean rice at night for me to eat at two o'clock in the morning? I don't understand. (laughs) He was like, yeah, but maybe we should transition that into going to the gym late at night instead of eating. I was Mm -hmm. mortified. Here is this man who's been feeding me for the past few months and now unsolicited, he's now telling me. And my response, obviously true to being a woman as we've discussed was yeah okay cool i hear what you're saying whereas really i just wanted to scream at him and cry probably (laughs) so like but in that scenario you were obviously going through a particularly difficult time where you were comfort eating so like in my head it's like at what point do you want the real honesty because like the first few months i would expect you to be like yeah you you eat what you want, babe. Yeah. Like, you fucking do what you want. Like, you want to you go out with looking like trash. That's okay. You're going through a lot right now. You know I mean? That's the kind of... You'd eat the whole pack of Oreos to yourself. Well, maybe one. maybe like a fine. year later. But you know? see, on the flip side, my godmother, who is a black woman, called me up and she was just like, look, Leanne, what you, you need fat. to do... <laughs> the accent came out. She's even really yeah, for too long. Ones, black women, they give it too straight. Especially oldie. Especially no, aunties, old like. Jamaican women, they don't mess about at all. <laughs> They'd be like, look, Leanne, every two weeks, you're going to the hairdresser. You're going Ma- to get your nails done. But you know what? It helped because it made me feel better about myself, even though I was putting on weight. Got and then, yeah, and then I started going to the gym and then I started waking up and doing early morning mm. workouts. So her approach, which was actually far more straightforward than my boyfriend's like around the corner way of telling me that, I'm a fat pig was um, was actually a lot better did you end up going to the gym with him I went by myself I didn't go with him because I actually think yeah even though in that scenario that would have really like been a bit touchy mm. it's actually a really good solution 
Do you mean? Yeah, no, because for sure. If you, if you started to feel shit in yourself about how you looked, you would have just felt even more worse dealing with that and everything else that was going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I feel you. And I definitely think that it did me. It made me start to think about it, but it was my godmother's upfront and straightforward approach that made me really get it in check. This is the Dope Black Women podcast. So what's your biggest guilt when it comes to saying something you don't actually mean? Or like not saying it how it, it actually is? It is actually within the context of relationships. Yeah. So like when you're first starting Fishing to talk to someone, not even that, but when you're first starting to talk to someone and you're like, ooh, do I want to take things slow? Or you tell them that you want to take things slow, but really it's just because you don't want to seem like a hoe. Or get hurt. Or get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead Shan just say it that's, that's all I want to say that's my two piece bye or if you see a you know if you see if you both see a pretty girl walking down the streets and you're like oh do you think she's cute <laughs> that's the worst I mean that though no, but I actually do mean that yeah no me too I want I think she's cute and, and I love you yeah, yeah. So, uh, a lot of guys think it's like a, a fake trick thing question, like, I love yeah. girls with nice bums yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be like, like oh, yeah. I'll, be, I'll, I'll always be like yeah. bro look at that look girl. at her bum exactly it's mad like, I, I, I think your boyfriend will start sweating. <laughs> like, it's a trick. It's and I'll be like, trap. no, on, I'll, I'll ta- Honestly, look at her bum. It's mad. And yeah. they'll, they'll do that like, quick look like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? But I feel like, I don't know. I don't, with, with those sort of things, I genuinely do mean it. Mm. But I feel like you have to be in a secure place within yourself to be okay with that. If you're insecure in the way you look, then you're not going to be okay with saying to your boyfriend, oh, is that girl pretty? And you're probably going to be doing that to make yourself feel secure like if she looks like you you're going to probably say is she pretty and then that's a confirmation that he's still attracted to you yeah or if he doesn't do you know what i mean i feel like yeah for me anyway when i do that i genuinely do mean it no me too when i see a girl that's good looking and she's walking down the streets i'm like yo that girl look good and he'll be like oh that girl look good if i had a man or anything <laughs> like that and then it's over <laughs> which i don't it's and then it's over because you're just commenting just on some somebody attractive yeah it's not yeah. like i'm saying and that's what i'll do with my female friends anyway if i'm with my friends and i saw a girl with a nice coat or a nice whatever, I'll either tell the girl directly mm-hmm. or I will um, say to my friend, like, look at that girl's hair, her hair's so nice, or look at this, blah, 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 blah. Yo, nothing is better than another woman coming up to you in the street and giving you a compliment. Yeah. Like, oh, that man. will make my day. Can someone do it to me, please? <laughs> I like your coat. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But when it's a stranger, it, honestly, the joy it fills me with, because like, you're just sitting on a tube minding your business, I'm like, wow, and you're a compelled. stranger has noticed yeah. my bag. Like, that would make my whole day. Yeah. Like, It really does. If a girl comes up to you and says that you're pretty in the streets, it's just like, she went out of your way, and out of her way to do it. So you know so it's nicer genuine. than a guy saying it. Oh, yeah, 100%. When a guy says it, I'm like, oh, where's this leading? Which is, again, not say what you mean. You might yeah. open with your bag's nice but what you really want is my number From the phone but when a bag. girl says it it's like oh she actually just likes my bag yeah, like, exactly. that's all it is yeah but I can imagine as a younger woman like when we were probably like 18, 19 and a guy that you've had a crush on for you know X amount of time and he finally steps to you and you know you guys are probably going out on a date and maybe a one kiss takes place and he invites you inside and you're like no you know I don't know I kind of want to take things slow but then he's just being like come on babes you know mm. just come inside nothing's gonna happen and then you end up and then next morning you're like waking Something up happens. in bed <laughs> 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 and it's that kind of pressure that I feel is problematic and I don't know if men feel the same way like do men do those things in reverse like do they say things that they really don't mean be- out of insecurity where does their thing come from I definitely think they do because I remember I was talking to this guy and I was asking him about 
him and his girlfriend and what, who said that I love you first and he was like she said it first and I said it back but I didn't actually love her at the time but it was like how was I gonna he's like I knew I had the potential to love her mm. and I was on the verge to but I just wasn't in love with her at the time but if I said to her I don't love you back it probably would have ended mm. do you know what I mean yeah so it's out of that fear of not wanting things to end. Yeah, I guess so. I don't really... Is that kind of like... And I find this has been, for, for me, true of my experiences, that kind of have your cake and eat it too. Like, I don't want to let her go, but I don't want to... Maybe I'm not sure if I want to be in this relationship, so if I ride it out for as long as I possibly can until I figure it out. But really, that indecision that you have is you mm. saying that you're not ready to be in a relationship. I think for him, he, he wanted to be with her. Mm. It came from he, a genuine he, place. Like, yeah, like, okay. he, he, he was actually... They're already together. They're already oh, okay, boyfriend okay, and girlfriend. Okay. But she had just said, I love you, and she didn't... He oh, didn't and love he her didn't, back oh. yet. But he knew that he... Do you know what I mean? Like he's He really, was on his way there. Yeah, he yeah, wasn't okay. there yet. And he was thinking of her feelings. So he just said, yeah, because if he had said no, she might have broken up with him, or she might have, like... I don't know what would have happened. I don't really know. Become very insecure as a But result. that would have created yeah. a lot more problems than it was worth when he knows that he has the potential to do that. And he's on the way there. He's just not quite there yet. See, I think that example is fine. I think my problem is like, have you guys heard of pickup artists? Mm-mm. Yeah. So What's like that? with pickup artists, it's like there is a trained methodology. There's a script of how you talk to women. So like, say with your example, what? it's like, say, ask her if she wants to come in and she will say no to protect her own modesty. But you have to, as the man, persuade her. So it becomes like a script and it becomes like a power play. It's this like, is an actual book that people can read? Yeah. More like a cult almost. Yeah. It's like a movement. What? Yeah. I've like never it's heard huge, of this before. It's huge. And it's like this idea that like, like it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm. Like it's all a script. It's like you have to make her feel like she's in control. You have to make her feel like she really wants to come over. And like, you know, make her feel comfortable and like, yeah, there's a script to it. That's when it becomes like bare dodgy and like goes into dark areas. Can mm. I just say that the look you were giving me just a while ago I was like, damn, I do want to come over. <laughs> <laughs> if I said I, I was like that too, I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind a little so like, tonight. Let's let, role play, role play. So like, I'll be, I'll be the pickup artist and you're the girl. Can <laughs> we do this often, by the way? I really love it. Yeah. <laughs> so we we're at a bar and I'll be like, oh hey, can I buy you a drink? Um, I'm just waiting on my friends. I don't really know. Okay, I mean, like, so why don't you buy me a drink? Excuse me. <laughs> oh, that didn't go to <laughs> no but like that's not what you're supposed to say you're supposed to say ooh this guy's different this guy's interesting I'm not that kind of girl oh okay so what kind of girl are you you know traditional conservative oh yeah I, I like, like my that. man to pay for things okay well I can get you whatever you want really oh see you in honey you in forget about your friends you're with me tonight <laughs> but in that situation I don't care what you say I'm just like whatever you, you say I'm just like I'm going to dance that is hilarious <laughs> the I love you after sex thing is deep though and I think that's oh my <laughs> gosh <laughs> oh Jesus okay <laughs> as in like you've just had sex yeah and <sighs> right I'm not going to lie I've done that before <laughs> as as in, you, and you, you haven't meant lied? it lied <sighs> fire <laughs> no, but the hormones hormones are raging. It's mad and Ted. Yeah. It's mad and Ted. It's when you had that great experience. You're just like, oh, me and you forever. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's Kelly not because I'm single right now. But you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it just feels like serendipity. What's that I was serendipity. Yeah, <laughs> I was so lost in the moment. I forgot the word. But I it just feels like that. I watched a documentary over the weekend about the female orgasm. Really? Oh my god. <laughs> 
Shan, we need to work on this. We need to have <laughs> a episode <laughs> dedicated to Shan's orgasms. But um, yes, yeah, so in this documentary about the female orgasm, it basically explained why female orgasms are so much more complex and so much more unusual than male orgasms. And one of the reasons is like post-sex, like when a man orgasms, like the endorphins go off and it's almost like his brain shuts down for a minute. Mm. Like he kind of is like at peace and there's nothing going on upstairs and he'll just sit there and just be like, ah. whereas women boy. are like, what is going on? Which is why in so many movies after sex, women will be like, what are you thinking? Yeah. And the man will that be like, me. nothing. Like, what is it? Nothing. In my head, even if I don't ask that, I'm thinking, what was he thinking? And, he's and I start thinking about how, how was my performance today? Was I good? <laughs> was I good? Did I bite too hard? Did this work? Like, I'm, Did I'm, I bite too hard? Like, when well, I'm lip sync. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay, judge. Well, I'm lip Okay. A young nibble on the lip and duck. Oh, yeah. No, we talked about this. We talked about this. Connoisseur, let them know. <laughs> I mean, after sex, if I'm not like completely zonked out, like if you don't quote unquote put me to bed, I get hungry. And I want to eat. That's yeah. a thing, though. Yeah, I remember. But I it is a workout. I don't have it. Yeah. I, don't it's like going I get to hungry, gym. and I'm like wide awake. I'm either ready for round two or I'm hungry. Like I'm like, can you make me some dinner? Mm. Which is funny, but yeah. Have you ever lied to someone about saying I love you after sex, or do do you feel like it's typically a man thing to lie after sex about saying? I, I love mean, I've done it once. Tell the story. Tell the story. That oh. is it. Oh. I done it once. D, 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 d. But what compelled you to? Did I you have say no it idea. First, I have no idea. It's just in the moment. It was the moment. I was laying down. Ding ding ding. Finished. Chilling. I'm thinking. I love this guy. I did he love say it him. to you, and then you said it back, or did you just, just come me. out of you? Like, I love so you. what happened when? Like you say, it. how does he respond? I can't remember what I did. No, I'm mad awkward. I can't remember what I did, but there wasn't an opportunity for him to respond. Move it on. Yeah, it was change the conversation. It was something like that. I was like, I love you. Anyway, it was like it was something like that. Yeah, it was, this was ages ago. Like I was That's in uni, hilarious. but like I had yeah. It was just a moment. I just felt like I was in love. Mm. I definitely wasn't. And then you snapped out of it. Yeah. Then an hour later, I was like, shit. I hope he doesn't believe me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope men feel like this afterwards. I so I I wonder all the time. I'm like, do men feel like that afterwards, and they just have better self control to not say it, or is it that? we just get caught up in our emotions and then say it and then we're like, oh shit, can't believe we just said this and then we just wait to see what's going to happen afterwards. I think it's the brain thing. I think it's like men's brain literally switch off. Like there's literally not much going on upstairs. Whereas like, they've calmed and they're just like at peace for a good two minutes. Whereas women, it's like a hundred or one thoughts bro, racing. Overdrive, <laughs> what's the biggest like active lie that you've a man has ever told you? Like, is it, I'm going to leave her or... We're just friends. We're just friends. <laughs> We're just friends. Like, I'm not into being in a relationship right now. No, 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 right not now. me. Not me and you. I mean, like, him and somebody else. Just, oh. Like, we're just friends. <laughs> These episodes are becoming quite triggering. <laughs> quite trauma-induced. Um, yeah, with my ex, yeah, he basically had this best friend. That w- And I, I, I had an inkling they wasn't just, like, purely best friends. Mm. Like, I, I believe that they were currently best friends in the moment, but I felt like stuff had happened before. Mm. and he denied it for ages and then one day I done what you shouldn't do and I would never do again I went for his phone and I went through the messages I saw, first I saw I love you in there and I thought mm. I told my, my my male friends I love them yeah so that's fine so I was like ding 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 scrolling <laughs> like my man is good <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling up now I saw do you remember the time when what do you mean <laughs> why are you discussing sex sorry 
What do you mean you remember the time when? Sex first, with each other. Yeah. So first oh, of all, let me tell you the issue is that even if you had sex previously and you're now friends, if you're actually just friends now, that conversation isn't coming back up. Yeah. Do you get it? Mm. So I'm not saying that every time you have sex with somebody or if you have sex with a person, you, you can't go back to being platonic. Because I definitely think you can. But if you really are platonic, no sexual conversation is coming up. Yeah. So I saw that and I was like, is this guy mad? <laughs> yeah. So then he, then he had to... That situation it. aside, yeah. if you, if your man has a female best friend mm. and he says to her, he says to you, babe, me and Tanya, you know, we slept together three years ago, but I swear to you, we're just friends. You know, it was a one time thing. What are you saying? Mm, there's a lot to unpack here. Here's <laughs> the thing. How, have... did tell, how did he, in this, this is a scenario, yeah. In this scenario, did, is he telling me? He's telling you. Or if I asked him and that's why he's told me. Because that, that makes it all very... He's th- telling you. Like, he's brought it up because you guys are getting serious and Tanya's a big part of his life and he wants you and Tanya to be friends, you that, know? I think I'll be fine. I'll be fine. What about you? Yeah, here's the thing. Like, I have quite a few... Quite a few of my male friends are people that I've dated in the past. Like, some of my closest friends, actually. And mm. one in particular. And... So when people come into my life that I'm dating, I generally have to give them that disclaimer, like, look, this guy's my friend. And, you know, yeah, we used to have a past, but it's purely platonic. But as you said, Mm. those kind of like sexual conversations, Mm. they can't be happening. They can't be happening. So I don't have a problem. I shouldn't have any doubt. Yeah, I don't have a problem with you having a female friend that you used to hook up with. But I think there's something to be said for how long ago was that? So three years is fine. But like, Six I'm months ago, I'm not a bit okay. longer than three years. <laughs> three, nah, three, three years. You still remember the night? <laughs> At least you remember to have been erased. <laughs> it depends if it was a one night stand or if they actually went out as well. Oh no, yeah. So if it was like three years ago, they, they were, had sex once. They had sex once. That that to me is fine. Because to me, I think in this situation, like, I'm big on respect, and I feel like for you mm. to come and tell me, you don't want me to get laughed at. You've actually gone exactly. out of your way mm. to risk everything. For the basis of transparency. So for me, for that, I'll be like... I respect you. I, re- I have a lot of respect for people that do stuff like that. Because if me coming to ask you, that's different. That's not... There's a, there's a difference between being transparent and being honest. Honesty is when I ask you and then you tell me the truth. But transparency is you having exactly. to reveal it. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. Transparency. And the worst thing that could happen is like, say, Tanya tells you. Tanya's like, oh, you know... I, I can't, can't be, be laughed at. Anyway. Did he never tell you? I can't be laughed at. Did he never tell you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like. And also, it, it then, because the thing is, I think, naturally, even if the guy says it was 10 years ago, naturally for most guys, he, for most girls, that guy will be aware that, yeah, she might be cool with this, but it's, it's going to change some stuff. And it might be that I don't want Tanya calling your phone after certain times just so that you feel secure in yourself about the dynamic of the friendships. It could be anything, mm. but it's like... I think it just makes the things a lot more clearer because you might you might you might even think yourself anyway that something's happened between them. Yeah, and I think it depends on what kind of interaction him and Tanya have now, and what kind of interaction Tanya and I have, whoever she is. Yeah, <laughs> I love her, man. Like, I don't want my man to have friends that don't know who I am or can't mm. interact with me. Like, mm. you can't have this secret friendship over there with some girl that used to talk to back in the day, and you don't want to bring her into my space or vice versa because you don't want to. You don't want to feel awkward. Mm. First of all, if there's nothing going on with this other person, no there's, awkward. There's no reason to feel we awkward. We can all go shopping together. Exactly. We can all eat Nando's together. Pay mm. pay chips. We share it. 
hundred percent. And I've definitely brought my exes that I'm friends with around my current man, and they just have to respect the order. Mm. You know what I mean? But if you have a friend, so for instance, I used to have a guy that I dated, and he always used to. We never posted each other on social media. A, because I'm not really that kind of person, mm. and he's not really that kind of person. But you post in other girls that are quote unquote your friends. Is it? No, like you have to okay, be. That's budging your nose. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And I'm just like, you can't tell me that you don't post people that you're involved with on social media, but I can blatantly see that you've posted a girl that I know you were stuck in six months ago, a year ago, however long on social media. And I feel like a lot of the things that we're talking about in terms of what men choose to lie about is out of this space of either wanting to have your cake and eat it, eating it too, or that exactly what you just spoke about, creating the distinction between honesty and transparency like i'll tell you as much as you need to know mm. or actually i'm just gonna lay it out all on the table because i respect you enough and mm. as an individual to have you have all of the information and then make a decision for yourself mm. come in with the golden nuggets today no, guys <laughs> trauma it can save you life <laughs> so like leanne what's the biggest thing or the most memorable thing that a guy said to you and you know what he really means is xyz um, that's a good question. Maybe my ex was crazy. Ah! What they've said to you that they're yeah, crazy. So I might so I have I have this every situation. Ex is crazy, you know? I'm like, wow. Every <laughs> single what one. What are the odds? I mean <laughs> But it's like if you have a situation where you have an ex and maybe again like in that same scenario where you still talk to her, you guys are still friendly, but it's not like a thing. And you're telling me all of these crazy stories about things that she did and things that she didn't do and how she would embarrassed you or whatever, whatever. But you went out with her, so there must have been something. Also, yeah, also with that, I don't feel comfortable with stuff like that. Because mm. why are you embarrassing her to me? Exactly. Mm. To when try and gas me yeah. up, clearly. I don't, I don't like stuff. I always see people that do stuff like that. I always call them out. When you're telling me this story, what do you, what, how do my impression to change about this person? Or yeah. what do you want me to get from this? Because unless you're telling me this story as an example that's relevant to us, like, what's your, like, your intentions aren't pure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, when a guy says my ex is crazy, that is like a huge red flag for me. Because in my head, like you said, the whole she was literally crazy is probably a one in a million chance. What has happened is that your relationship was toxic and that takes two people exactly. to take responsibility. When a guy comes to you and he's like, my ex was crazy, huge red flag, huge red flag. I've never had flag. that before though, you know. Never? No, I don't want it to happen now. No. Or, oh, I just I just need some space. I just need some space. Is it? <laughs> Space and clarity for what? I need. I'll change my style. That's fine. We can mix it up tomorrow. I change my name. What do you mean? Nah. I need space, babes. Nah, nah, just say what you mean with your hair. Men are mad, you know. Men are mad, nah. and the whole like lying thing. I think they lie about a lot. Is their, their emotions? I think mm. a lot of guys they find it hard to navigate. Like being vulnerable, yeah. Because emotion is a very vulnerable thing, and for a lot of people, when they grow up, like women are encouraged to be emo- emotional. Like if a girl and like if there's twins and one's a boy and one's a girl and they both fall over and bump their head, you go to the girl and be like, "Oh, are you okay?" And the boy will be like, "You don't need to cry." Yeah, stop that's, crying. That's not so, big man behavior. Yeah. So yeah. like for a lot of men, they've they've been geared from young to not be emotional and not show emotions and not be vulnerable. And then when they meet someone, they need to do that. They start moving mad, scatter, mm. scatter, space. Which is why guys are more likely to ghost. Yes! Oh, yeah. my days. What minute you can't! 
Please, yeah. Oh my gosh, story. we have to. I and then I'll see you well. like two weeks later. You're like, yeah, like, so busy. Like work was so busy. So intense. <laughs> but you know what? I feel we like used to talk every day. <laughs> I feel like it is. Sometimes it's about a man woman thing, but I do find that like so in instances where I say my ex was crazy because I've had some crazy exes, and it's because I didn't feel vulnerable towards that person, like people always say oh, I'm not ready to be in a relationship but what that really means is I'm just not ready to be in a relationship with you nice. right yeah and it's true the there are some men that I will be super vulnerable with and it sometimes it obviously doesn't work out because you know there's a mismatch in terms of who feels what for who more but when I'm not interested in a guy and I'm dating him I might just treat him like crap mm, no you know, that's, that's what I was gonna say like, I definitely ghosted people yeah million percent I used to do it all the time and it's funny because when that person acts crazy, you're Not anymore, guys. I'm nice now to date. Feel free to <laughs> date change me. change person. Slide in my DMs. <laughs> but it's probably very easy for you to say, yeah, that dude was crazy. He kept calling off my phone. I wasn't I know, trying to answer his like call. You. But he just really liked you. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's like people who, when you open up to somebody and then they reject you or they don't respond in the same way, that shit can make you crazy. But though, mm. yeah, there is this guy. I'm telling you this quick story about a crazy guy. So I spoke to this guy in the summer, not even for that long, for like a month, yeah? And like... He did something very wild and toxic, but like, there's not even a conversation about it. I was just like, you can just F off, yeah? Yeah. And his mom has been calling me, his sister, and his niece. And his mom keeps telling me that I need to meet up with him. And his mom, like, is the main carer for his daughter. And his mom's like, um, she asked to meet his step, your step, um, her stepmom. Why are you talking to the daughter about me? I spoke to him for a month. Why is the mom calling my phone? Do you know how wild that is? That is wild. Actually, I have a funny story that happened today. I am (laughs) madder. I met a guy a few months ago mm. and really nice guy on surface. I was really attractive, really nice body. I was like, okay, I really like this guy. Mm. We met up and went out on a couple of dates and we even had like uh, a shared calendar because we were both so busy. Oh, that's really it's cute. cute right? so lovely. And he was like, I really so want to make sure that I can see you. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. And I think I was going over to his house one day and... I was like, oh, I'm picking up some stuff. Let me get some food, whatever. I call him. He's like, I was like, do you want anything? He said, sure, just get me whatever. So I got pizza. I kind of forgot that he was lactose intolerant. Oh, Jesse. <laughs> Why did the man go apeshit on me, though? Like, oh. proper, you don't care about me. You don't understand <laughs> Sorry, my feelings. So <laughs> you, and I think maybe he came over to my, one ho- my house one day and... I may have fell, fallen asleep while he was on his way here and he was oh, he was waiting outside my house for like 45 minutes. But I apologised. I did. You guys are looking at me like you're an I asshole. think that's worse than the lactose intolerant thing. Not but it's a combination you. of those things <laughs> I mean, that led him to just go off on me one day. The, 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 the intolerance thing is that, that that's a natural mistake. I could I, have forgotten. I don't eat meat. And I went to my dad's house the other day and he made meat. Like, he made like chicken. <laughs> and I called him on the way. I said, Dad, just a reminder... I don't only eat fish. And he was like, oh, why didn't you tell me? I would have taken the salmon out. I've already been cooking this. And then he had to change, like, mm. he went to the shop, got fresh salmon. I and forget made, that you don't and eat made me yeah, yeah, like, I feel like... Yeah, people do that all the time. Especially if the person's black, yeah. Typically, obviously there's lots of, like, rastafarians do the idol diet, and there are people that do vegans and all of that. But typically, black people do eat meat. Yeah. So because of that, a lot of people are lactose intolerant don't take it seriously. Like me. I have milkshakes all the time. <laughs> I have cheese and everything. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like it's hard. Exactly. Like, while you might be lactose intolerant, it's not the worst thing ever in life if you're going to mm. eat cheese. Or and if I was too. outside a guy's house and he fell asleep, I'd be pissed, but not enough to be like, you don't care about me! Like, <laughs> well, I would have just gone home. 
I, I mean, was out. Oh, me again. I'm not waiting outside for 45 minutes I would, I in the cold. Gone home. I would have gone home. Oh, wait, he waited outside for he 45 waited. minutes. I thought you meant like no, he's for 45 wild. minutes you fell asleep whilst he was getting there. And yeah, by the time and, he got there, you were asleep. Oh, and then, I, yeah, by the time I woke up, he had been outside for 45 minutes. Oh, that is kind of peak. So then he cusses you want, me out. Who really liked you then? Yeah. I don't I'm not know. Waiting. How many calls did you have? I'm not waiting for that long. At about five. Oh, and he blinged off my doorbell. He banged the doorbell and you didn't wake up. I was tired. I might have you been high, guys. You are a deep You didn't even set an alarm. You didn't like him, honey. <laughs> I would have set an alarm. Yeah, I would have set an alarm. Yeah. Like, I know I'm tired. Oh, I'll set yeah, an alarm no. every 10 minutes. Especially if a guy I like is coming over. So can we do that in the future? Yeah, lesson learned. But the point is, he cussed me off and went ape shit on me. And then I was like, well, you can't talk to me like this because mm. you're actually screaming and shouting at me right now and cursing like obscenities and all this kind of stuff. Why is it today after... Mm, maybe about six months I get a message yeah where literally he blocked me off of Instagram blocked me mm, off all because, of, the, the, the all because of this as far as I know and how I'm rude and disrespectful and blah 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 get a message today to say at six o'clock this morning mm? oh he also proceeded on a Sunday he also called Sweetheart. me <laughs> he also called me while he was away and started crying on the phone and talking about how he loves me and how he doesn't realize Love. I don't realize crying what I'm doing to him <laughs> <Holiday>. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're on holiday and you're calling me to cry. <laughs> Enjoy your holiday. Enjoy love. your holiday. Crazy as fuck. And you haven't like, spoken in like six months. Six months. And he's and like, he let me call this me. girl and, and cry to her. Not my mom. Not my best friend. <laughs> Leanne! Call, call her and cry to her. <laughs> Today he calls me and he's like, Can we talk, please? I said, Are you okay? Is something wrong? He said, No, I'm not okay. I miss you and I love you. And I said, I'm fine, thanks. And that was the end of the conversation. I don't have to... That is what I consider, like, legitimately batshit crazy. Mm. There's no, like... And also, what do you want? What do you want? Because you to call me six months. And yeah, he went about it the wrong way. And he blocked you. He blocked me. Do you know what I mean? He's the one that said this is over. Yeah. And now you're crying. That six sense? months later. You know, I could be dating somebody else now, unengaged and married. Do you know what I mean? I you would be like, I love you. This isn't a rom-com. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> so I think we've established that we're all guilty of saying things in a way that isn't always 100% the truth or isn't always exactly how we mean to get maybe the, a response that we want or maybe to save someone's feelings. Um, but I think the most important thing we've established is there is a difference between transparency and honesty. Take that away, guys. Put that in your little self-help books. <laughs> That's a little tea, little golden nugget from the Dope Black Women podcast. This is Dope Black Chat. Moving on to Dope Black Chat, which is the part of our podcast where we talk about something that has either been trending this week or something that has been popping off conversations in the WhatsApp group, which once again, you can join. Just go to our Instagram page. So this week we're talking about can you be transracial and is trans raciality even a real thing <laughs> it's not <laughs> and that's the end go back no I'm joking so a couple of weeks ago the university and colleges union which is in charge of universities and colleges across the uk has said that regardless of skin tone people should be able to identify as black um, and this has come as a result of the union facing criticism on how they label transgender people and who gets to identify as transgender so I suppose it's fair to say they've tried to take a similar quote-unquote open-minded approach to race. But the question is, um, you know, is it fair that anyone can identify as black 
regardless of their skin tone. Um, and there's been, you know, everyone has different opinions on this. So what do you guys think? No. So <laughs> I definitely do not think that the way like Rachel, Rachel Dojo, if we're using her as like the poster child for transracial, being Just transracial. Explain, like, that story, because that was a couple of years ago now. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, there was this woman and she ran the DC chapter of the NAACP, I think. She was mm-hmm. the lead and she presented as a black woman, had done lots of things in the black community in that area. And I think it came through that she had been receiving a lot of hate mail and she brought it to court or to the legal system, to the justice system. And a journalist actually did some research on her and found out that actually she was born to white parents. She has white siblings. She does have adopted black siblings. Um, And so essentially she had been wearing makeup, which I equate to using blackface personally Mm. and to darken her skin and also had been wearing like weaves, like curly weaves or box braids or whatever, whatever. And she had, she had presented this whole man as being her dad who really was just her mentor. And she had basically lied to everybody and denied her actual parentage by saying that she was black. So the problem wasn't the fact really that she was working for the NAAC because I guess most people would welcome white, white allies. It was the fact that she was presenting herself as a black person in her looks, like her physical presence. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I just looked up the definition for transracial and I had done this a few months before and it's actually shifted. So if you look at Wiki, it does give the current or definition of transracial, which is somebody identifying as a race that's not their own or not the one that they were assigned to as at birth. But when you look at it a few months ago or even a year ago, Actually, what transracial is supposed to mean or or the original definition behind it was someone who is of a certain racial identity, but they grew up in one that isn't consistent with their own. So like, for instance, young black kids who are adopted and put into foster care and are raised in traditionally white homes Mm -hmm. and then kind of begin to associate with cultural um, markers of that specific race. Or vice versa. So if mm. you're a white person and you happen to grow up in a black family or you grow up in a black country, for instance, so there mm. are lots of like white second generation Jamaicans who identify as Jamaican. But what that means is that they inherently invest in a lot of black culture because of where they are. And that's actually the original definition of what it means to be transracial rather than what we know it as now. Which I think is, for me, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But I think where it's problematic is that it, it, it blurs too many lines. So, like, there's a guy I know who's white and lives on an estate. The estate is populated by a lot of black people. A lot of those black people like to use the N-word. Mm. This guy now thinks, because some of his black friends on that estate allow him to use the N-word, that he can. You can't. So, like, if he decides to say he's transracial, because the, people that, the environment he's been brought up in is heavily black, and the culture that he's experienced growing up is heavily black, like how do we then draw the line on other things like using the n-word well i think that's the thing right is that while you can invest in white culture and black culture you need to be aware of your limitations as a white person to invest in that culture so for rachel dojo i'm not saying as you said lives that she couldn't um invest in empowering the black community around her yeah but to actively lie and pretend so one of the things that actually came out of the rachel dojo case was that it was alleged i don't think there was confirmation but there was alleged that she was actually sending herself the hate mail in order to bring further visibility oh, to the work that was being done claiming hooper got inspired exactly Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out last week's episode if you don't get the joke. <laughs> That's hilarious. So it's like, yeah, you're going out of your way to impose a certain level of oppression on yourself. And it's like the actually the way in which you're attaching yourself to black culture is through trauma, which is very limiting and mm. a very parochial way of looking at black culture. Like there are so many things beyond how you look, like your hair, your skin tone which are all things that she thought made her look black or made her feel more black and I'm like there's so much more to being black than that and also just the idea that if race is a social construct what does it mean to feel black just to play devil's advocate like she identifies as a black woman she says because she grew up with her black siblings adopted siblings and she recognized the pain and the suffering and the trauma that she went through at the hands of her parents and that made her more relatable or that made her relate to her black uh, siblings more than her white siblings and I'm like so trauma is associated or part of that's the only part of blackness that you can associate with like I, so for me it's like her understanding of what it means to be black is even more problematic mm. than anything yeah, else because like as Roshan said with this example of a white guy who lives on a black estate it's like you could not use the n-word not live on an estate not wear a certain type of clothing and you'd still be black like you can't erase that Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter where you are or what you wear like so it is strange that like any white person would look at that and be like those are things I want therefore I'm black like it's so it's so weird and I think with this with the um university and college union I think they do have good intentions I think that it wasn't made to offend I think we are living in a time that is becoming more and more fluid I guess like I think they were trying to do what they thought was in the public consciousness, but they just got it way wrong. I think it, they had good intentions. I mean, I think there it's like the use of the term BAME, right? It's like this idea that we can just pile everybody into one group or everybody shares some sort of trauma and anybody who shares some sort of trauma or anybody who shares some sort of feeling that might be associated with a different culture can now just become part of that culture. And I think, whereas I understand more of like the transgender sexual orientation um, aspect of that as it relates to being transracial I just can't get behind that that idea like how do you say that you're a white person you are born white but actually inside you feel black because I, I think it's interesting that this always happens to black culture like I don't see people saying this about oh I'm born black and I now want to be Chinese or I'm born white and I now want to be I don't, you don't see that I feel like everything's always it's, people are always yeah. trying to like like dilute black culture so much and it's really I find it really frustrating and, and even offensive like, you put it on the Instagram you obviously put this post on the Instagram page and people were commenting and Miss Mass underscore 73 underscore official shout out her <laughs> she said everybody wants to be black but don't want black people struggle they want to reap the glory but they're not interested in the story and I feel like that's such an important and interesting point mm. with this discussion because it's like Okay, you're transracial. So does that mean you're now going to be doing the march for Black Lives Matter? Does that, that does that mean you're now going to be being an ally for Black politics and Black issues? Like, are you how, willing to take less pay? Yeah, are you willing to like? Yeah, you know what I mean, like, how how much does your identify your new identification of race? How much do you actually play a part in that? Because if you, if you can be transracial and take on all of the the extra negative stuff that we've got to deal with, then go on, do it. But you're not going to do that because that if that's what that, if that's what the reality actually meant. You wouldn't do it. Like, if someone could say, I identify as black, and you really had to reap or sow, sorry, 
the issues that we got to deal with, yeah. they would not be doing it. But not even that. So Rachel Dojo obviously tried to live her life consistent as a, consistently as a black woman. And I think at the end of her documentary, which is on Netflix, which is an excellent documentary, by the way, even if you don't agree with the idea, I think that the conversation is important to be informed about. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, she changes her name and I can't remember what she changes it to. I think it's like Kelechi or Enkechi or something like that. It's she definitely something that is like black rooted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm like, even within that, even with the fact that she's putting herself on the front line, as soon as you take off that makeup and that and take that weave out of your hair, you're still a white woman. Like you have that privilege of choice where you can go back and forth if you want to. It's the same as I think we were talking about last week when like white rich people go and slum it in the hood and they become hipsters. It's like at any given point in time, mm. you can just go back to your rich white mansion. With their secondhand jackets and their night traders like, ooh, exactly. so cool, so cool. But and then I'm they like, go home no. to mother and dad. <laughs> and I find it really, it, it's something that I find really offensive because you can't actually, you need to acknowledge that you can't actually become whatever it is that you might want to become it. And I understand why you think being black is cool or why you might find a space of comfort or, you know, be able to connect with the black experience whatever that is, whatever that means but you are not that and you will never be that and i think that's something that people need to who are involved in the transracial discussion but the tr- reverse is true like suppose you had a black man who wanted to become white or said actually i feel like a white man inside what does that mm. what does that look like everyone would laugh at him yeah it's like but you can't take away the reality of being a black man mm-hmm. like you could walk down the street and say yeah i'm white and i want to be treated as white i'm going to change my name to sam smith but you're still a black man so as a black woman there's certain things that there's certain ways that i think about things or navigate certain scenarios and situations because of my experience of being a black woman do you know what i mean mm. so if i was to now be like i'm white that mindset is still going to be there like those natural things that i've that I'm like socialized to be like in certain circumstances are always gonna be there. Like yeah. for example, if I'm if I'm black and then I decide to now be transracial and be white, am I still am I now not gonna be prone to microaggressions? But what upon what basis are you even trying to be white? Like the very things that you probably associate with white are stereotypes. Like oh, I'm not gonna speak in slang anymore, or mm. if I'm gonna be black, it's like the same thing you said about using the N word. It's like oh, I'm a black person now, so I can say the N word and I can go and do this and you know all of the stereotypes about eating chicken or dating black women or all of those things that aren't actually rooted in black culture they're rooted in racist stereotypes Mm. and i think what's so like upsetting or just like irritating about the rachel example Mm. is this fact that like as we said she worked or she did work for the naacp and it's like it really questions the authenticity of like what she actually wanted to achieve with that and what she had in mind because she could have easily been a part of that organisation as a white woman. Like people would be like, you know, she might have got some looks because it is a naturally black dominated institution. Yeah. But the reality is like you're here to make change, you're here to be an ally and people would have welcomed that. But in her head, she was like, no, I have to be a black person in order for this to be like more sellable I guess and like in order to be more successful in this role I have to be a black person and like so I question like so much of like what she even wanted to achieve in the first place yeah yeah it's crazy and I think there are comparisons to be made or a lot of people do draw comparisons between being transgender and being transracial and as you said in the university I think they were following along from that 
kind of idea of being transgender and kind of trying to apply that concept to race. But I do think for me, they're two different things. But we will definitely have somebody on the podcast later on to talk about uh, transgender, being transgender and what being part of that community is like. So being transracial, I think, should be treated as a separate issue. And I think it is very much, it's much further along. It's much further, the transgender argument is much further along. We do have more information, whereas the transracial thing is kind of just emerging. But I think we can all collectively say that we we are not here for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, though, um, did you see about the Blue Story incident? Oh, week? no. Tell us what happened. So basically, Ratman, who's like, like known mainly for his Shiro Story series on YouTube, he's got a film called Blue Story, which is like his first film to be in the cinemas. So that's been gone out. It went out on Friday the 22nd. And basically, so in, on that weekend of it coming out, there was an incident at a Birmingham View cinema mm-hmm. where there was like a massive fight or a massive, I think it said like machete yeah. war of like 100 people that were fighting outside of it. And basically with that, the View Cinema have now banned the, the showing of Blue Story mm. in every single cinema. In Birmingham? No, no, no. In the UK. Yeah. So it's not going to be shown at all in, in, in any cinema. What? But like people are saying, like how can you ban that film when you've got other films that are being shown that glamorise violence that you're not going to now ban? Mm. And I think, I'm not sure about this bit, but I think when the fight happened was like when Frozen had ended. Yeah, it so was pe- during a Frozen screening, Frozen 2 screening. Yeah. It wasn't even, I don't think uh, Blue Story was even showing at that specific time when it happened. Yeah, so they're like, so why don't you ban Frozen then? Why are you banning Blue Story when it happened when Frozen was so on? So they were fine outside the cinema. Yeah, so there's a picture that's posted of like a group of young Asian men. And that's what's even crazier to me is that the boys aren't even black, but you're banning a black movie. mm um, or a predominantly black movie because of something that a group of Asian boys did. So there's a there's a large group of Asian boys standing outside the cinema and one of them has a machete in their hand or a cutlass, whichever terminology you prefer to use. Um, and I think a young girl was actually arrested yeah, as being hair. part of it. A 13-year-old girl and four other teenagers have been arrested following the mass brawl involving up to 100 youths, which left seven police officers injured. View's decision to ban the film nationwide has sparked an outcry on social media with some accusing the cinema chain of blatant racism. On Twitter, one user called Jonathan said, From what I can see, View Cinema's decision to ban Blue Story from all their cinemas is at best disproportionate at, at a worst blatant racism. And the film doesn't, film doesn't glamorise violence exactly. at all. Mm. At all. It shows violence, yeah. Which many movies do. But it's not glamorising violence. And there's loads of films that show violence. Most horrors are based around violence. We're not going to ban all the horrors now, are we? If anything, I would say The Joker, which, like, spoiler alert, but guys, it's been out for, like, a month now. (laughs) It shows someone actually getting shot in the face in that film. Yeah. Like... (laughs) What it actually shows in a lot of ways is the entitlement that white people have to violence. And obviously there are mental... Apparently, I did see on Twitter, someone did say that there was thoughts for it to be banned, but it wasn't banned. Yeah. And obviously, I know that that film works a lot around mental health and kind of the psychological well-being of the Joker. But... So does Blue Story, though. Well, this is... I was just going to say, this is exactly it. I think it does delve deeply into kind of the mindset or the perspective of somebody who's embroiled in that kind of lifestyle. Mm. And actually, being able to show it to young people or just to people in general on a mainstream mainstream level would kind of... uh, 
inform people about that perspective and probably deter them from actually entering into that kind the of film, lifestyle. The film is definitely a deterrent. And I think what's frustrating is that maybe because I've, re- I've like followed Blue, um, Batman's story, so it's like I really emphasise mm. all the hard work he's come on. I don't know like, anything about it. This is a guy from the end. This is like a father. Like He's put so much effort and work into this. Like This story is, is crafted of something like really raw and from the heart. Mm. And you're like... You like this could massively affect his cells, massively affect how he's going to be able to like move on and do other things of the same nature in the future, which might or may not be his style. He does other things as well, but this is what is working for him right now. His reputation, like this is that it just looks so negative. That's such bad press. And if you're like a white person who saw this film and you're like, oh, blue story, let me go and look at that because there's been like lots of like ads on Capital and stuff like that. But if you've seen the ad and you're you're thinking of going as a white person, and then now you're seeing all these news outlets like there's a machete brawl and mm. seven police members were injured so much so that the, the uh, venue of where it was had to be closed down early. That's not going to make you want to go and see that film. Yeah. Even even at Odeon or other the other outlets that, that are showing it, you're not going to want to see it now because you're going to be thinking, you're going to feel vulnerable even, go, even going to the cinema. Yeah. That's so, I think it's so problematic. If they said for Birmingham screenings, all views in Birmingham were not showing it, I'd be like, I hear that because it's clearly an issue but in Birmingham that has led to that fight breaking out. But it wasn't even an issue because, as we said, it was a Frozen 2 screening that it happened at. So no, no, where is like the correlation the, between yeah. the specific movie? I mean, I think people try to draw comparisons between listening to music and, you know, activities. Comparison. But yeah, so, mm. but when we're talking about Marilyn Manson, for instance, and his impact on Columbine or whatever versus this kind of um his justification is very much like look i make music kids listen to it whether they connect with it or not there's going to be a hundred and a hundred million kids that connect or you know listen and feel empowered by what you say but what they do with it is really down to the individual you can't say that because i put out a song or because i put out an individual film that it directly sent a hundred kids to start a mob in front of a film it's ridiculous i feel like and i don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist here but conspiracy theory (laughs) about to start I feel like you know this particular view whoever runs it or whoever owns that chain saw an advertisement for Blue Story and made a decision about the kind of people that would come to see this film then the fight breaks out and they put two and two together and say I don't want those kind of people coming into Mm. our establishment and so thought the best solution is to ban the film so they won't come in which is just awful like it's I definitely think it could link to that yeah I went to the cinema on that weekend but like the cinema that I go to is one of those cinemas where like back in the day they used to have like ticket boxes downstairs or people actually selling you the ticket but now you just go straight up and when you get the popcorn you get your, your seat right. but on this day it was so packed because i think it was also the release of frozen that it had the downstairs booths both of them open and there was a there was loads of like families obviously going to frozen mm-hmm. but then equally like loads of young predominantly black people that were going to support blue story mm-hmm. so that assumption is very easy to have been made and mm-hmm. for anyone that's racist and i'm not saying the person is racist but if they are racist or have negative views towards the type of people they thought it would come in yeah or just that's such, a, that's such yeah. a way to abuse your power yeah to like get people out it's almost like the, the clemmy thing yeah it's kind of like how um i don't know if you guys have ever been to east london bus garage mm so I think they do it a couple places, but this is just one that sticks out in my mind. They play classical music, and okay. the idea is that then young kids won't hang out there. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Because like, it's based on the stereotype that black people don't listen to classical music. Well, more like young black people wouldn't want to hang out in an area where classical music is played. So, <laughs> and like that's awful because I'm like a, the point of music, so. <laughs> the point of a bus garage is like people are there to like Get be the in the warm because it's cold outside. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but they don't want young quote-unquote hoodlums oh, just you hanging mean, like, about. Actual, an actual hub thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an oh. inside where like buses terminate. Like they play classical music to try and drive away groups of young people. So to me, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, we don't Even want this group of people in our area, so we're going to do everything I can to make them not want to be here. But you know what's funny about that too, if we're just going to turn it on its head? I can't think about how damaging slavery movies can be to young black people. So my sister gave me an instance one. She's a teacher. And obviously, like they do every year for Black History Month, they showed, um, I think, either Roots or 12 Years a Slave. With no context, there were her school or her class is predominantly white kids mm-hmm. um, and maybe some Asian kids. And there's one black kid in her class. After that movie or after that screening, these kids took it upon themselves to bully this young boy mm-hmm. by quoting lines from the film, throwing their shoes at him and then downloading an app which made whipping sounds. So every time they would throw something at him, they would also make the whipping sound with the app. That's wild. And the school did absolutely nothing about it. And I'm like, here you are with a direct correlation, like Mm. direct causation between watching a film and seeing people embrace hatred and racism and you're not going to do anything about it. But on the flip side, we're we're afraid of the outcome of people watching a movie about hoodlums or watching a movie about gang crime, it, it just feels very hypocritical and, like, convenient for me. Mm. So I I believe in the conspiracy theory. Yeah, mm. I think it's And they convenient. clearly haven't watched the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what the Bears are slave? No, no, no. Oh. I'm saying, like... Blue Story. The Blue Story. They, they, had, they haven't watched the film. Yeah, so I think it's gotten a lot of traction, actually, because I know on Twitter there's been a hashtag boycott view and there are lots of people who have been speaking out against it. So, for instance, the dope black dads have kind of been championing this this cause. So I think people are definitely upset and they're definitely Mm. talking about it, which is good. Conversation is good. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. And just before we go... A quick reminder, guys, the Christmas party... Uh, it's not a party. A quick, <laughs> reminder, a quick reminder, guys, our Christmas link-up is on December the 19th. For anyone who's RSVP to say they want to come, your name is down, but it's not actually guaranteed until you pay your £5 deposit. So just make sure you do that or get in touch with us at Woman one at gmail.com on the instagram at dope black woman one or wherever you find us normally and we can help you out with how to do that be there or be square so yeah once again thank you for listening and catch up with all the latest dope black women conversations on twitter and instagram we are at dope black women one and on facebook we are just dope black women thank you so much we'll be back next week i'm liv i'm shan i'm leanne Stay blackity black, all the way black, unapologetically black. Hey. The guy who was hosting the night, you know, obviously they interact with the people that sit at the front. He kept getting at this guy the whole time. The guy ended up walking out. And it was mad tense and the audience was all just like...
Did he mention it? <laughs> of course he did, because he's rude. So what did he just say? He's like, he's like you know, if you're a dickhead, <laughs> leave. Like, <laughs> it was so mad. It was so mad. <laughs> 